Welcome to episode two of the Gentleman Podcast, where I'm a realist and someone you can relate to. Last episode, honestly, uh, I didn't come as hard as I should have. And since I'm a realist, it was very pitiful. So this episode, Birdman Hand Rubs, I'm going to pack a lot in this. But this episode, I promise you'll learn something. You'll be able to take away something from it. So let's get right into it. You know how when you cool with somebody, you be like, they friends is my friends, but they enemies. It's my enemies. Now how you look at that person over there, you be like, I would go say hey to him, but since my homie don't fuck with him, I don't fuck with him neither. You feel me? That's how it be. So you dislike them just because your homie dislike them, your best friend, whatever, your family dislike them, especially when it's lucrative, when it's money involved. You definitely going to side against them. So let me tell you something. Did you know that Donald Trump is best friends with Saudi Arabia? And guess who Saudi Arabia's public enemy number one is? Bitch, you guessed it. Who? You was right. If you, says, if you said I ran, you're right. Um... Trump is building a hotel somewhere in Saudi Arabia, but this isn't the first time we've seen that type of interaction put us in a bond with Iran. Let me show y'all what I'm talking about. Let me go over here real quick. Muhammad, um, I don't know how to say his name, was a beloved figure in Iran. During his tenure, you could read it. Um, Great Britain at this time had control over Iran's oil for decades, aka BP. That's what most people know it as, BP. So basically, the prime minister he goes in there, he looks at their numbers, and he like, "Why wow, we only get nine percent of the profits when it's our oil?" So the UK hit us like, "Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You handle that problem over there for us, you know, since we friends, since we cool, since we know." Y'all are superpower. We ain't no superpower right now. Because this is after World War II. This is in 1953, right? Let me show y'all this other thing. So basically what we end up doing, we, just, we, we got this guy over, out of there. We overthrew him. You see what I'm saying? You see how it says the CIA overthrew Iran's democracy in four days. This is back in 1953. So you know what that's about. But guess what happened? Guess what happened here recently? Uh, hold on, let me let me let me pull this up so y'all can see what I'm talking about. Close this down. Basically, what happened is Iran discovered something that everybody wants, that we all want, especially the same thing that ended up happening in the um with the Iraq war. Basically, basically, what was found over there was, put this up on the screen. I don't want y'all to think I'm playing at you. Put this up. So basically, Iran has discovered an oil field with an estimated 53 billion barrels 
of oil. And you know what, like I said, what we was in Iraqi war for. We was in there for that oil. Like that day Chappelle skit said, he was like, something, something, something. She was like, so it's not true that we're not fighting this war over oil? He said, oil? Bitch, who said anything about oil? What, you trying to cook something or something? Y'all know what that, what that sketch is, what I'm talking about. So basically, that's why we over there, for that oil. Basically, all of a sudden, now we want to, to try to go to war with them because of the oil. Also, because Saudi Arabia um, does oil too. You know, that's, they're main, mainly, you know, known for oil. So basically, that's why the oil spikes. Whenever, things, whenever something happens to Saudi Arabia or Iran, the oil spike, spikes, right? So basically, Right now, for the large part, things are cooking up over, over oil. It's all about oil again. It's also propaganda over the oil. I know, I understand that um, they shot down unintentionally a passenger plane. I think it was 167, 176 people on it. And people are like, man, how in the world could you do that? How could you shoot down a plane by mistake? Killing people. Right? A lot of people are saying that. But they don't know that we shot down a plane back in 1988. Uh, it was an Iranian plane. Uh, I think it was Iran Air, something like that. Killing, what's that number? What happened? killing 290 people, right? Uh, this is everything I, f I forgot to pack and didn't pack on the last episode, right? So we get into that because I, I feel like I didn't I didn't come hard enough. I ain't come with details. It was kind of like all over the place, right? So basically, now you know they're trying to shoot that propaganda. Like, look at look at how they terrorizing people. They shot down one of their own planes. How could you do that to your own people, right? So the other thing is moving on to that I covered last time was African Americans getting into they get into the military for what? for the most part, for benefits, right? And we use that, because I was enlisted at one point, we use that as a stepping stone to get what we need, right? Use it for uh, education, dental, uh, health. Um, but for the most part, it's school, dental, health. And if you know certain things, you could try to use it for business, for your mortgages. Um, also, like USAA, Navy Federal, they're good banks that if you get in the military, you can use, or if you have like descendants and stuff, you can kind of pass it off to them. Like my kids could get into USAA, USAA or Navy Federal because I was enlisted at, at one point, right? So we use that as a stepping stone. We try to better ourselves. But if you really think about it, if they would have gave us what we was owed from the get-go from the previous wars, we wouldn't really be needing this. For like instance, you remember the old, you know, 40 acres and a mule, right? That's something that we were promised. So let me scoot that over. So basically, besides not getting the 40 acres and a mule, one, they really didn't want us in that war. Why? Because they felt like it would hurt the white soldiers' morale. And we would feel entitled to respect. Rightfully so, because they were losing before Without us, without us, they was losing, 
right? So then what ends up happening is when we get back after all the fighting and stuff stopped, we were hung. People don't even know that, that black veterans were hung in the Civil War. And also, let's, let's get to, to more recently, let's get in this decade. We was also um, uh, hung and stuff after World War I, right? Riots erupted. And it was called after, in the first summer, known as the Red Summer. This is a lot of things they don't even teach us in school and stuff, right? We was, uh, the war riots happened, the anti-blacks happened in Houston, Chicago, Washington, D.C., right? And what they said was, after World War I, this is the time for us to show them what will be permitted and what will not be permitted. Because when we was fighting the World War, a lot of blacks were over there interacting with white women. Right. So they was like, oh, we finna nip that in the bud when they get back. Right. So at least, at least 13 black veterans were lynched when we know way more was lynched. And they said also countless survived beating shootings and whippings. But we know, especially if you lived in Mississippi, Texas now, Louisiana, you know, like they said, like Samuel said in, oh, um, what's that movie? What's that movie? Oh, um, him and Bernie was it Soul Man. It's a lot of land. Between where we going where a motherfucker could come up missing and not be missed. If y'all remember that, right? So basically, that's what happened with World War I. We were beaten, hung, or killed. And not only that, we still didn't get the benefits of what we were owed. Now, moving on to World War II, much of the same things happened, right? Many of the same things happen. But also, this time, they had came up with the GI Bill, and the way it was constructed is basically we would be denied to it. Important stuff. This is World War II. So this is 1945. This is closer to us. This is, you know, when like our grandparents were born. So their their parents, right? They was denied mortgage support, college tuition, and business loans. Imagine if we would have had that. Imagine if our grandparents would have had that, then they would have been able, our oh, grandparents' parents, if they would have had it, so our great-grandparents would have had that, had those benefits to pass on to us, to have a business, you know, to pass on good land. I mean, well, my grandparents were passed on land, but being able to be passed on good businesses, you know, not having, imagine if our grandparents didn't have to leave school in like the seventh or eighth grade, because I got a great uncle, left school in, in eighth grade to basically tend to the fields, do what he was supposed to do to try to feed the family and try to help his father provide. But even though that happened, my great uncle is with the eighth grade education was able to um, start a business and a construction business and own a, a construction business and be successful, even though he was um, even though he only had an eighth grade education, right? So, let me, let me get it back. So, with that being said, just think about all the things that we had to deal with as black people dealing with the military. But yet, we still, some of us still need to use it. I mean, obviously, I used it, but I really didn't get into the full benefits. I kind of bullcrap with it. But... Like I said before in the last episode, we got to think about what we're doing before we're doing. 
it's so many different avenues and so many um different different benefits that we could get based off our income, based off us being black, based off of us possibly having Indian in us that we don't pursue because I'm a realist, like I said, a lot of us don't want to read. A lot of us don't want to read. And a lot of us don't want to do that paperwork. I ain't even gonna lie. I'm one of those people, I hate paperwork. You feel me? So, we wouldn't be joining the military, basically, out of necessity if we wasn't wrong the way we were wronged, right? So let me get into something that happened more recently, something to make you think about if we do go to war and if you do think about enlisting because they're giving out them $100,000 bonuses if you sign on those $50,000 bonuses, which they don't pay you up front. They pay you like, I think it's half of it and they stretch out the rest over your terms, your service. So, like, if you went Army Reserve and it was, like, a $10,000 bonus, um, and this is your first sign-up. Now, when you are re-enlisting, they give it to you up front. But when you're enlisting, it'll be like they give you, like, 5000 up front. And then the other five is stretched over your five years because most reserves do six years. And every contract is an eight-year contract. So, it's six years of actively drilling, two years of inactively um, drilling. If you're if you go active, most of them is three years active, five years inactive, which a lot of them end up going from active to reserve and doing their um, last five years inactive reserve, so they can get paid every month and keep those benefits going. But this is what they did most recently that nobody really talks about, nobody even thinks about. So let me swipe this over. Basically, U.S. soldiers told to repay thousands in signing bonuses which is what most people sign on for. They sign on for the sign-on bonuses. And this is dealing with the Iraqi, at the height of the Iraqi-Afghanistan war. Obviously, early on, we was losing a lot of soldiers to, you know, little stuff like not having bulletproof vehicles over there. We was riding with basically like wagon, I mean, not wagons, <laughs> Jeeps. Um, I gotta stop saying Jeeps, basically, and the doors wouldn't even be bulletproof. A lot of them were plastic, you know? And it's kind of like, because they thought things were going to be like the Vietnam War, which clearly it wasn't. They was over there building IEDs. Uh, I think it's improv, improvised explosive devices, basically where they would put screws, all type of stuff, whatever they could come up with, and put it in there. But getting back to this. So at the height of the war, basically, they gave out great bonuses to make you sign on, to get you like, hmm, that money looking good over there. Let me try this, right? And now they're asking you to repay that. That was back in 2016. So who knows what's going on more? But I, I know for sure that was the one that I recognized and I remember reading myself. So just think at any time, they could renege. They could be like, you know what? That money I gave you, hey, can, can, you, can you get that back to us? Because we need that. Also, when I initially joined, you could get something called the GI Bill. Um, you can get the GI Bill, and then you also get tuition assistance at the same time. So they offer you like 4000 in tuition assistance for reserves. And you can get the GI Bill, which is like it pays you like 350 350 a month when you're in school. 
So you can get them both at the same time. So you can be going to school. That's paid for. And then you can be getting a job bill, which is a little extra money in your pocket, an extra three fifty. And then, like I think two years in, there was like, nah, you can only use one at one at a time. So it's like, dang, bro. I mean, I kind of I'm doing these reserves really so I could try to better myself and try to get my education up, so that way I can be you know better, brighter. I can get into a career, not just work a job. Because a lot of us just work jobs. We don't really get into careers. We do like factory work. And there's a lot of other things. But I know I did factory and I did, uh, I did, what you call that? What you call that? Direct care worker at a state facility taking care of mentally disabled people. So basically, I didn't really get a full career until I decided to do truck driving because that's a career. Unless you kill somebody or have uh, have a lot of speeding tickets, have like three or two. Sometimes some companies don't want you to have more than one to be at least local. And the good paying ones, they want you to have like no no more than one within three years or no more than one in five years. So I didn't really get a career until I started doing truck driving. Because a lot of times we're not really told, oh, what type of careers we can do. It's like, I don't even know what class you can consider, but it's it's like low-paying stuff that puts your life at risk, like truck driver, firefighter, policeman, military, things that you can get killed in the line of fire. You don't see too many people being like, oh, be a doctor, be a lawyer, start your own business. They might preach. This is a new thing saying I'm going to have. Teach. Don't just preach. A lot of us preach, hey, Blah, 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 this and blah, 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 that. But you don't tell nobody how to get there. You don't educate them on how to get there. You don't teach them. They just preach. That's kind of a lot of what's wrong with a lot of churches. They be preaching, hey, you need to be a better person. You need to, uh, nah, nah, nah. and you need to, um, uh, nah, nah. but they don't tell you how to get, you, get there. They don't teach you how to get there. It's just a lot of do this. You better do this. You need to get your life right. You need to, blah, blah, blah. And it's not teaching step by step how, how can you get there. There was a book I was reading on change, basically. And it says you need to activate three things. You need to, one, our brain is our consciousness, right? And a lot of times we exercise self-control, especially like going to the gym. You exercise self-control, but it's only so long your brain, your consciousness can Discipline you to do it. You also need to activate other avenues. So the the book I was reading was basically saying that you need to uh, control, motivate your elephant. Your elephant is your emotions. Guide your rider and come up with a plan. Uh, shape the path. So basically, you need to get your emotions like, why am I going to the gym? Because I want to get back in shape. Okay, bam. Then you tell your mind, how to do it, and then you continuously shape the path, right? So if I wanted to get in the gym and do better, basically what I would do is I would come up with a plan. I would make it, I would show myself an image, basically, of somebody in shape. So that's okay. Emotionally, that's what I want to be like. Now my brain, okay, let me have a plan. And you shape the path, basically. You get the brain, the brain and shaping the path is basically like the same thing. Once you come out 
with a step-by-step guide on how you're going to get back in shape, along with the motivation to get back in shape, seeing how it, how it is to be in shape, having a path, knowing that you need to not only just eat right, but have a, a, a plan on what you're going to eat. Like if you're going to do keto diet, what all goes into keto, uh, if you're just going to have a normal diet where you just want to eat clean, okay, what foods am I going to get? Uh, what days am I going to eat them? What days am I going to going to go to the gym? What reps and stuff am I going to do? So basically, you need to have a full-fledged plan, step-by-step plan, and also that image that you're seeing of what it looks like to be in shape. And if that's what it takes to motivate you, then that's what it takes. You know, if you need to take a picture of how you used to look and you're like, I want to get back to that, bam, you hang up that on the wall, that's your motivation. Right beside it, you hang up your plan of action on how you're going to do it. But getting back to this, because that was going off on a tangent. So I was talking about we wouldn't need to get into the military and stuff like that if all the benefits that we were promised in Civil War, World War I, World War II, and probably other things, if they were being given like they were promised. And also here lately, they talk, um, they're trying to have a lot of soldiers and veterans pay back the thousand that they gave and sign on bonuses in the Iraq-Afghanistan war, basically. So, did you know that black men, us black men, are more likely to reach the middle class or higher if we get married? And let me show y'all this. This was done here recently. And it talks about how us black men are succeeding in America. You don't really hear too many people talk about it. They basically make it seem like we still ain't doing nothing. We still ain't shit. Blase, blase, right? Like I said, you will be more successful if you're married as a black man. You will reach that middle and higher class. Why is that? All right. If you get married. The reason behind that is because of our wonderful, beautiful black queens. As you can see on the screen, it says, black men who work full-time had some college education and or were married were much more likely to be members of the middle or upper class by the time they got to their 50s. We found, for instance, that the odds that black men make it to the middle class or upper class are at least, least three times higher for those, who, for those men who marry compared to their peers who never marry. Their financial well-being is higher partly because married black women contribute a higher share of income to the household than other women. And that's what y'all know the geographics, um, the polls t- that um, the polls were taking that black women is the higher demo- highest demographic as far as success in education. They have their own businesses. They're educated, right? So, one, that lets you know that we, black men, need to appreciate black women and stop trying to glorify them for the ones who are out there glorifying them, marrying other races because black women are too difficult. I'm tired of hearing that. Let's, let's, you will be more successful with the black woman, all right? More successful. And that's what we need in our community. More successful black men. We need to get on the level 
of our black women. We need to figure out what type of business we can get in. You see what the business they started. I don't care how you feel about it, but doing nails, doing hair. What else? Starting uh, online shopping places where they, they kind of take clothes from all these different places and they sell them. Things like boutiques. Starting boutiques. We black men need to do more things than just um, basically work for somebody else. Long story short, we need to figure out what type of jobs can we get into that isn't like firefighters, policemen, military. Obviously, those are good jobs in a way, but when you know better, you do better. And also, research and educate ourselves more about how the military works. Just like you've seen, I had to go educate and research these type of articles so that way I could bring it to you so you can get something out of this episode because the last one was lackluster. The last one was opinionated. opinionated. Now, you see the facts, right? But also, you're giving your queen, that wonderful black woman that is busting her butt, coming up with a business, um, figuring out what ways she can provide. You're giving her a higher chance of merit of raising the kids that y'all created together alone because those jobs put your life at risk. As a kid, even, even though it might be noble, hearing that, oh, your dad died serving this country. Okay, that's cool, but it's like, I need my dad. And for the woman out there that, that serves the military, they're going to be like, I need my mom. We fight wars that they decide to go into for all the wrong reasons. The Vietnam-Korean War, that was because of the Cold War. That was because we was like, man, Russia, Russia and China, we need to stop that. We need to do this. We need to do that. The Iraq War. Man, we want that oil. It's Iran War. It's kind of crazy that you've seen on, in, that, um, in that headline that they found that oil November 10th, they reported that they found it. November 10th, 2019. That was two months ago. Two months ago. And now we shooting at them. Now we, we trying to kill their general. We got to think about these things before we just go signing our lives. away. We got to try to educate ourselves. We got to stop. Making the stereotype that we don't like to read more true. We got to do better. We got to do way better. But this was your host, Ray. And this was episode two of the Gentleman Podcast. Shout out to Art Vibes Only, Jazzy Reekin. It's her hoodie. You feel me? So check her out. I'll put a, um, a link in the description. Also, on Instagram, if you follow me, Gentsman Podcast, G-E-N-T-S-M-E-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You can just look at who I'm following. You can find us. Her name is this Jazzy Riki. But I'll put it below because we got to support our black people. We got to support our black women. And we got to support black men. We got to support our other black men and quit acting like it's, it's lame to support another brother. We shouldn't be supporting brother other brothers because a female, uh, a woman, 
showed us first. We should be able to look at another king and be like, you know what, bro? I see what you're doing over there. Let me tap in like Morse code. But I'm out. Ha, 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 ha.